0: Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This is Pastor Dwight Oswald. and we are currently working through uh, the series that I have titled The Right Kind of Faith. And today we want to look at some background doctrinal clarifications. Without faith it's impossible to please God, Hebrews 11:6. God is looking for true worshipers, John 4:23, But this involves having the right kind of faith. On Judgment Day, many, many will say to Jesus, Lord, Lord. But sadly, it will be revealed that they had a bogus faith that was not sincere at all. When it comes to the faith we are to earnestly contend for, there are some basic doctrines that are foundational. Let us consider some of them. Number one. Salvation is by grace, God's unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor, which is to say it is a free gift that is personally received by faith and faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ. Number two, works, self-effort, or any merit system, in contrast to grace through faith, have nothing to do with receiving eternal life. Jesus, through his blood sacrifice, paid it all. All to him we owe. As such, it was a one-time, finished, completed work. Number three. A vital element in saving faith is repentance. Repentance is not additional to faith, but is in fact inherent in the act of genuine saving faith. Number four. Salvation is by faith in both the Old Testament and the New Testament under pre-law, law, law, and post-law dispensations. Number five. Salvation does not exclude immaturity, carnality, or a constant struggle with sin. Rather, it involves a process of becoming more and more Christ-like, which may include spiritual setbacks and periods of little or no growth. Number six. There is such a thing as a spurious faith, which in fact is not real or genuine. This is in contrast to real, genuine saving faith. Number seven, saving faith involves the will, includes repentance, and is in the person as well as the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Number eight, election and predestination are divinely revealed truths as is also the reality of human responsibility, which presents a great paradox that is beyond human comprehension. <clears throat> the Bible holds all these truths in tension, and by faith so must we. Number nine, while recognizing that even faith itself is the result of a work of God's grace in our hearts, the emphasis in this study primarily involves the nature of saving faith from the angle of human responsibility. In the final analysis, it's all of grace. And yet there is human accountability, responsibility, in the mix. Hence, the paradox. And finally, number 10. All legitimate believers, Bible-believing, born-again Christians, hold to salvation by grace through faith and not of works. However, it is also to be recognized that saving faith is expected to produce spiritual fruit to some degree in the life of every born-again believer. In John 8, Jesus explained that he is the eternal I Am and his unique relationship to the Father. And then in John 8, 30, it says, quote, as he spoke these words, many believed in him, Many believed in him. Well, that would normally be cause for rejoicing. But Jesus then said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. John 8.31 This is an all-important qualifier. Jesus was not content to just leave it with a shallow form of belief. Rather, he demanded that true disciples, disciples indeed, be those who abide in his word. This is the test of who is true and who is not. And then Jesus said, those with a true abiding faith would, quote, know the truth and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty six. Suddenly, these believing Jews, as they were said to be back in verse uh, 30, Suddenly, these believing Jews had a problem with these qualifiers that Jesus put in place. They could not abide this truth. Instead, they claimed to be Abraham's descendants who were never in bondage at all. Well, after a little more interaction, Jesus said, I know that you are Abraham's descendants, but you seek to kill me because my word has no place in you. There's the problem. They very quickly went from believing to wanting to kill Jesus. We can live without that kind of faith, pun intended. This escalated quickly with these believing Jews continuing to take strong issue with what Jesus was saying, and Jesus in response telling them, quote, you are of your father, the devil, John eight forty four. Wow, how is that for being a believer? Obviously, whatever type of faith they had, it wasn't a saving faith. A true saving faith believes in Jesus for who he is as the eternal I am, John eight twenty 24. That is, we believe in him as God, as only God is eternal. A true saving faith believes in Jesus' word that we are in bondage to sin and that only his truth can set us free, that only he as the Savior can make us free indeed. John 8.32 and 8.36, a true saving faith abides or remains in this truth, as Jesus said. These are the disciples indeed. True believers take the word of Christ seriously. A true faith sees Jesus as Lord and his word as authoritative in all matters of faith and practice. A kind of faith that refuses to abide in Christ's word is shown to be bogus. In the words of Christ himself, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Charles Spurgeon said, if you do not love the Bible, you certainly do not love the God who gave it to us. It is impossible to separate what you think of a person from what you think of their word. To truly believe in Jesus is to believe in his word. And the true followers of Christ abide in his word. This separates the genuine from the bogus. Be genuine.